Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. For this week's podcast, I want to hit on a topic that has come up several times as we've made our way through the Old Testament thus far. The topic is kings in Israel. This is an idea we've encountered in the Pentateuch, the historical books, and the Psalms. We will see it also come up in and be prominent in the prophetic books. Another theme we will also have to touch on is that of divine kingship, since God expressed his reign through human kings in the Old Testament. We will use Psalm 72 as a focal point to see what it means for Israel to have a king and to call God their king. Let's start with what kind of psalm we have in Psalm 72. Most commentators seem to agree that this is a royal psalm. That is, a psalm that focuses on Israel's king in one way or another. And there are about 10 royal psalms in the book of Psalms. This fact shows us that Israel's kings were important to their faith and life together as God's people. So what does this royal psalm tell us about kings in Israel? I want to make three points that I can gather from reading Psalm 72. First, human kingship in Israel is dependent upon God's kingship. Second, kings in Israel were responsible for justice in the nation, with a special concern for the poor and needy. And finally, the peace and prosperity of the nation was based on the righteousness of the king and people of Israel. Let's start with point one. To know about kings in Israel, it's important to understand the connection between human kingship and divine kingship. Ideally, the king in Israel was dependent upon the kingship of God. In other words, people like David can only be king because God is king. We see this connection at the beginning and end of Psalm 72. Verse 1 says this, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. If the king in Israel was to reign with justice in the promised land and with righteousness, he had to depend upon God's wisdom and power to do so. The justice the king instituted was God's justice. It was a gift as well as a task for Israelite kings. More on justice and Israelite kings later. Now at the end of Psalm 72, we hear about God's getting the glory for the king's justice, prosperity, and peace. These are verses 18 and 19. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Whatever whatever fame the kings of Israel may get ultimately points to the fame or glory of the God of Israel who is the king of kings. The kingship of Israel, in other words, was to be a reflection and an extension of the kingdom of God. 
as God reigned on the earth. Now let's go on to the second point about kings in Israel. Kings in Israel were responsible for justice in the nation with a special concern for the poor and needy. Now this talk of kings and justice may seem foreign to us because in modern day of America, we have a separate judicial system. In the ancient Near East, however, rulers were responsible for justice in the nations over which they reigned. There was no separation of powers as you might find in modern republics or democracies. Verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 14 make this point for us about the king's responsibility for enacting justice. Here are verses 1 through 4. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. As I declared earlier, the king in Israel could only rule effectively for God's people with God's wisdom and power. Defending and helping the poor and the needy was one of the major tasks of Israelite kings. And the idea that rulers should do this is a common one throughout the ancient Near East at this time. The larger cultural world that the Israelites are a part of. For Israel's kings, God was the ultimate model for a just and powerful ruler. Now, whether rulers in Israel or elsewhere actually did this is another story. But they would at least talk a big game. What do we see in Israel's history as a nation with a king? Well, the nation, you might remember, has a good start with David and Solomon, and it begins to decline with Solomon. However, after the kingdom splits into the northern and southern kingdoms, we see a steady decline as kings become increasingly idolatrous, not worshiping the one true God, and becoming more unjust. The third and final point about kings in Israel is the peace and prosperity of the nation was based on the righteousness of the king and people of Israel. What we see in Psalm 72 is more about the hopes for the Israelite monarchy than the actual reality of Israelite kings. The history that we see in books like 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles tells another story. So it's important to note that if the king does rule justly, then there will be peace and prosperity for God's people as God's righteousness fills the land. Verses 5 through 11 and 15 through 17 of this psalm are blessings for the king, prayers for the king. Listen to verses 5 through 7. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth, he being the king. In his days, may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. So you can see there the connection between prosperity and righteousness. Not only is the nation prosperous here, but peace abounds as the righteous flourish in the promised land. The peace spoken of here is shalom. Not just an absence of conflict, but a sense of wholeness. 
when the nation was led in righteousness under the just rule of the king, there would be more and more wholeness between God and people, between people and people, and between people and the land. We also get glimpses of the good news of the reign of King Jesus in this psalm. The references to all nations serving the king and all nations calling him blessed point to this good news. There's a good reason why the Psalms have been called the songs of Jesus. Because this was never true during the time of David, Solomon, or any other king. It will one day be true of King Jesus when he returns in glory to bring about salvation for those who trust in him and judgment on those who have rejected him. This is what Paul says of Jesus after his crucifixion in Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The kings in Israel The hopes for the kings in Israel point us to the reality of God's coming kingdom in Jesus. And he is the one that calls us to trust in his reign, in his salvation, and to follow him. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe, or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.